Well, good morning, Fair Oaks. Let me pray for us before we get started. Lord, let me pray for me before I get started. <laughs> Most gracious and heavenly Father, I do praise you, Lord. I do honor you, and I do thank you. Dear Lord, for allowing me one more opportunity to stand before your people, and Lord, break to them the bread of life. Lord, we thank you because you are a good God. And if, Lord, we were to confess, we would have to say you've been better to us than we have been to ourselves. And for that, God, we thank you. Lord, I know, we know preaching belongs to you. Man is just a vessel you decided to use. So use us now, Lord, for your glory. Lord, that you will be glorified, that the church will be edified, and that the devil would be horrified. And Lord, I don't know what it is about me, but it makes me feel better when I say, Lord, I need you. I need you now, Lord. Help us to preach as never before, like a dying man to dying men and women. In Jesus' mighty name we do pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Come on, put those hands together and tell God thank you. Now, well, thank, thank you for that introduction. And yeah, I, I used to have a big beard, but I got a job now where I have to raise money, so I had to cut it. Yeah. And, and so, and that's why I got rid of the mohawk. I, I figured the bald, look, nobody turns down a bald man. So, fellas, if you're halfway doing it, man, just, just go with it. But I am so excited about being here at Fair Oaks again. I believe I was here about seven, eight years ago when Pastor John Merritt was here. And uh, uh, I am so excited to be with you this morning. Now, um, a little something about me. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to let you guys in on a little secret. Now, if you blab it outside these walls, I'll swear to God I didn't say it. <laughs> but, but I'm going to let you in on a little secret this morning. And that is, I am a black Baptist preacher. Well, before you clap, <laughs> let me explain that to you. So, so when we're up here doing our thing, if we don't hear any amens out there, we think we're up here doing something wrong. So, so just real quick, could we just, and, and amen is not a bad word. You can say that at church. Yeah, and, and every now and again, you can mix in a praise the Lord. Yeah, and, and, and every now and again, you can mix in a hallelujah. hallelujah. Oh, you guys got it. <laughs> I am the newly elected district executive minister of Converge Pack West, and I'm still trying to figure out what that means. Um, um, but uh, Converge, we were formerly the Baptist General Conference, and we had a visionary leader 
named Jerry Shevlin who changed the name to Converge. And now we don't like to look at ourselves as a denomination, though everybody else does. But we consider ourselves a movement of like-minded churches that starts and strengthens churches here, near, and far away. Yes, and so this morning, I want to talk to you about friendships. And in particular, the friendship of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And it's found in Daniel 3, chapter 1 through 30. But friendships make life easier to deal with, <laughs> number one. Friendships make life more enjoyable. And we all can admit that we have counted on the presence of good friends to get us through some of our toughest times in life. So in, friendships, in fact, friendships are tested through hard times. And, and the more we go through it with a person, it seems that the stronger the relationship, the more we go through it with a person, it seems like the stronger the bond. We have some friends that we haven't talked to in years. But when we pick up the phone, it, it's like, or when we see them, it's like we pick up where we never left off. And then we have friends that we talk to every day. Some of us through text messages. <laughs> but the more you've been through it with a person, the closer the relationship. Now, in my culture, the, the culture I'm from, we have a few things we like to say about friends. And one of those things we like to say about friends is, to the wheels fall off. <laughs> to the wheels fall off. Man, that, that's my friend, to the wheels fall off. And what that means is that you and that person will be friends to the end. And then, and then we have something else in my culture that we like to say about our friends. And that is, ride or die. Ride or die. And that means you and that person will be friends to death. It means that you are willing to die for and with that person. Ride or die. Now, when you call somebody your ride or die, that is the highest compliment concerning friendships where I'm from. Ride or die. And... Uh, 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 Fair Oaks Church has a ride-or-die friend in Converge Pack West. Now, there's a ride-or-die friendship story that's recorded in the Old Testament of our Bibles, and it proves that there's strength in real friendships. And it also lets us know how important it is to stand with others that share the same, the same convictions as us. It's a ride-or-die friendship, and it literally came down to ride-or-die. And it's about three young men called Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they, those were their Babylonian names, but their uh, Hebrew names were Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And it's found in Daniel chapter 3, 1 through 30. Let me read it for you, and I'm reading from the newly inspired version of the Bible. That's the NIV for all of you who didn't know. 
And it says, King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold, 60 cubits high, six cubits wide, and set it up in the plain of Durham in the province of Babylon. Then he summoned the satraps, the perfects, the governors, the advisors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all other provincial officials came to the dedication of the image he had set up. So the satraps, the perfects, the governors, the advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all other provincial officials assembled for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up, and they stood before it. Then the herald loudly proclaimed, nations of all people of every language, this is what you are commanded to do. As soon as you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, the pipe, and all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image of gold that Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship will be immediately thrown into a blazing furnace. Therefore, as soon as they heard the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, and all kinds of music, all the nations of people of every language fell down and worshiped the image of gold King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. At this time, uh, some astrologers came forward and denounced, and, and denounced the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, may the king live forever. Your majesty has issued a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, the pipe, and all kinds of music must fall down and worship the gold image. And whoever does not fall down will be thrown into a blazing furnace. But there are some Jews who you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, your majesty. They neither serve your gods nor they worship the image of gold you have set up. Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve the gods or worship the gold image that I have set up? Now when you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, Pipe and all kinds of music. If you are ready to fall down and worship the image I have made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into a blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship your image of gold that you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and his attitude toward them changed. He ordered the furnace to be heated seven times hotter than usual and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So these men, wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes, were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent that the furnace was so hot that the flames of fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there three men that we tied up and threw in the fire? They replied, certainly, your majesty. He said, look, 
I see four working around in the fire, unbound and unharmed. And the fourth looks like the son of the gods. I, I like the way King James puts it. And the fourth looks like the son of God. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out. Come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire, and the satraps, the perfects, the governors, and royal advisors crowded around them. And they saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was the head of their head singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. Then King Nebuchadnezzar said, praise the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent this angel to rescue his servants. They trusted him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own. Therefore, I decree that the people of any nation or any language who say anything against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces and their houses be burned in the piles of rubble. For no other god can save in this way. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. <laughs> After all of that, I should say amen and take my seat. But for the sake of time. <laughs> well, these three young men found themselves in an unfamiliar place. An unfamiliar place. And you are right now in an unfamiliar place. You are trying to figure this church thing out, uh, uh, doing a, a, a worldwide pandemic. Do we mass or do we don't mass? Do we meet online? Do we gather together? You're trying to figure it out. You're in an unfamiliar place. Uh, uh, these boys, they were in an unfamiliar place. They were in Babylon. They were Jewish captives in the Babylonian government. And they were given jobs as advisors to the king, Nebuchadnezzar. And, and Nebuchadnezzar, what he did was he erected, erected a gold statue and had a dedication. And at the dedication, he had a decree read. And the decree said, as soon as you hear the music, bow down and worship the statue. And whoever doesn't will be thrown into the fire will be thrown into the furnace. And Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, they didn't bow because this, it went against their convictions and they were unwilling to compromise their convictions. Watch this. Even in the face of death. And someone went and told the king, you know, king, I, I, I know what you said, but man, when the music is played, these three dudes, they ain't bowing down. Now, question. And, and every now and again, I run across stuff in Scripture that makes me question it. I just got a question. And the question is, if everybody is supposed to be bowing in worship, how did they know that three, these three guys weren't? It baffles me. <laughs> uh, don't fool yourself. 
People are always watching you. Pharaoh's people are always watching you. People are watching how you respond to what you are dealing with. And you're in an unfamiliar place. So this, this made the king furious. The king sent for him, and he asked him, he says, he, he liked him, so he asked him, man, is it true? He said, if you hear the music and, and you're ready to bow down, he says, good. But if not, man, I'm going to have to throw you in the furnace. And then he says something uh, strange here. He, he says, then what God will be able to save you? I guess he really didn't know what he was asking. And the charge against these boys, the charge against these boys, it was three things. It was religious, it was political, and it was personal. It was religious, political, and personal. It was religious because it involved them worshiping a golden image. It was political because they had disobeyed the king. And it was personal because the king liked them. I mean, he had promoted them to advisors in Babylon, and he really didn't want to harm them. But he says, if you don't bow, I'm going to have to throw you in the furnace. And their response, their response, their response was truly ride or die. They, they, they said, go ahead and throw us in the furnace. The, the God we serve is able to save us. But then they said, but if he doesn't, we still won't serve or bow down and worship the image you set up. In other words, they recognize God's sovereignty. And I believe that's the place where God wants us all. God wants us all to be ride or die for him. They, they didn't demand that God deliver them. And, you know, I, I prayed those kind of prayers before. I'm shamefully admitted, I, I prayed those kind of prayers before. Like, God, if you get me out of this, I'll do that. Or, or, or Lord, you, you got to get me out of this. I prayed those kind of prayers before. But these boys, these boys said, God is willing to save us. God, God is able to save us. But even if he doesn't, we won't do what you ask. And I believe that's the place where God wants us. God wants us to be ride or die for him. God wants us to trust him. And God wants us to trust him even when we can't predict the outcome. God wants us to trust him even when we can't see our way out. God wants us to trust him. When we can't see a way out, when we can't see the outcome. It's funny how we always give God ultimatums in the midst of our trials. Our desire to be delivered as opposed to God's plan for us. And, and, and I, I, I get it. I get it. I, I, I'm the same way. But we look at it this way. Some furnaces were just tailor-made for us. Some furnaces were just tailor-made. Uh, 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 
Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, all the, the, the furthest we got to go is through. That, that'll hit you when you get home. The furthest we got to go is through. Maybe, just maybe, some furnaces were tailor-made for us. These three boys, they found themselves in an unusual situation. They found themselves in an unusual situation. You're in an unusual situation because you have my friend as your new pastor, Pastor Chad. And, and needless to say, he's doing a great job. But it may be an unusual situation for some of us to have a new pastor uh, 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 sharing new vision for the church. It's an unusual situation. Well, this made the king mad when they said they wouldn't bow. And the king, he, Nebuchadnezzar, he had the furnace heated up seven times hotter than usual. Now, I don't know why he had it heated up seven times hotter than usual because I think, and this is just me, but I think regular old heat would have done the job. <laughs> but he had it turned up seven times hotter than usual. And, and then, and then he gets the strongest man to tie them up and put them in the furnace and throw them in the furnace. I don't know about you, but this is just me. He got the strongest man, but I, I, I think anybody would have been sufficient. I, I mean, but he gets the strongest man. But when you're going through, it looks like that everything has been thrown at you. When you're going through, it seems that you are tied down and being escorted by the strongest opposition. But you could trust in God even when you can't see the way through. You trust in God even when you can't predict the outcome. These boys said, the God we serve is willing to save us. But even if he doesn't, we, we, we won't bow. Even if he doesn't, we won't bow. And, and what they did is they set themselves up for a unique deliverance. They set themselves up for a unique deliverance. You, my friends, are set up for a unique deliverance. You're in the position for a unique deliverance. You, you know, God still works miracles. God is in the miracle working business. God is in the delivering business. God is in the setting free business. God is in the business of making you shine like new money. You are set up for a unique deliverance. You are in position for a unique deliverance. Now, he had the furnace heated up seven times hotter than usual, and he had the strongest men, uh, uh, Ty Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego up and throw them in the furnace. And then the flame comes out of the furnace 
and kills the escorts. Yeah, you're like me. That would have been enough for me to see then. If the flame came out and killed the dudes who was throwing them in there and they're still living, that would have been the indication that something was wrong. The flame comes out and it kills the escorts. And I'm wondering what the king was thinking when he seen the escorts were killed by the flames. That would have been my signal to say, okay, their God is God, but he didn't get it. <laughs> and this, he, so they, they, they throw him in the uh, uh, blazing furnace. And then, amazingly, the king, he questions his sight and he questions his memory. And he says to his uh, 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 provincial officers, he's like, weren't there three men we tied up and put in a fire? They say, yeah. And he says, I see four, not three. And they're free and not bound. And they're walking around and they're not harmed. And then the king, he makes a prophetic statement. And he says, and the fourth looks like the son of God. When you're going through your trials, when you're trying to figure it out, when you're in an unusual situation, when you're in a fight, I want you to know that Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, that Jesus is right there with you. <laughs> he doesn't leave you to deal with it alone. <laughs> Somebody wrote a song the other day that said, what a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege it is to carry everything to God in prayer. What a friend we have in Jesus. He, he's right there with you. He doesn't leave you to go along. He is Emmanuel, God with us. And he makes us a promise. And he said, I am with you always, even until the ends of time. And I want you to know this morning that Jesus is the ultimate ride-or-die friend. <laughs> Jesus is the ultimate ride-or-die friend. He was ride-or-die on Calvary's cross when he died for you and me. And through his death, we've been reconciled to God, and we've been adopted into his family, and we've been given the gift of enjoying him forever. Jesus is the ultimate ride-or-die friend. Some argue that this was an angel in the furnace with these boys. And others say it was the pre-incarnate Christ. Well, I'm with the latter because I know when I'm in the thick of it that Jesus is right there with me. And although we know these three boys as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, those were their Babylonian names. Their real names, their Hebrew names were actually Hananiah which means God is gracious. And then Mishael, which means who is what God is. And Azariah, which means God has helped. And every now and again, I like to play with words. And, and I took those three names and I memorized them, if you will. 
And, 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 and what I came up with is a gracious God who there's nobody like came and helped these three in their most critical time of need. A gracious God who there's nobody like came and helped these three in their most critical time of need. You know, the Lord could have saved them without ever showing up. But he wanted them to know, during life's most trying times, I'm in there with you. Just like he wants us to know, in life's most trying times, when life sends us through the furnace, he is right there with us. Some people say that this was miraculous. Some people, some people, because I, I say some people because I'm, I'm from the camp that uh, uh, says the miracle is not them being saved from the fire. Hear me now, the miracle, I believe, is not them being saved from the fire. The miracle here is that when they came out, their bodies weren't harmed by the fire. The miracle is, uh, when they came out, their hair wasn't singed by the fire. The miracle here is, when they came out, their robes weren't scorched. The miracle here is, when they came out, they didn't even smell like smoke. Hallelujah. They didn't even smell like smoke. And this lets me know that when Jesus is your ride or die, your enemies may be waiting for you to buckle. Your enemies may be waiting for you to fall, but you'll come out of the fire not even smelling like smoke. <laughs> that brings a whole new meaning of what they used to say at that old church I used to go to. I don't look like what I've been through. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we do thank you, we do honor you, and we do praise you for allowing us this opportunity to break to your people the bread of life. And Lord, if there's anybody here this morning that does not know you, we pray, Lord, that they got a proper introduction to you this morning. And Lord, we pray that you would save them in the stillness and quietness of their heart. Holy Spirit, do your regenerating work and exchange that heart of stone for a heart of flesh. In Jesus' name we do pray. Save them, God, and do it for Jesus' sake. And then, dear Lord, we pray for those of us that know you. Lord, we pray that something was said that we be brighter lights. Something was said, Lord, that we'll be saltier salt. Lord, something was said that people would see your love in us. And they will come asking, what must I do that I might be saved? Thank you for hearing us, God. We love you. We honor you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray.
Amen.